Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And if you just listen to this, make sure you watch the video version because I'm here in beautiful Medellin, Colombia. And uh, you can see the uh, beautiful mountains uh, around me. We're actually in a valley. Uh, so Medellin is actually a uh, sunshine climate pretty much the whole year. So you can walk around with t-shirts and shorts in, uh, morning, afternoon, evening, and night. So really loving it here in Medellin. And I, I got the pleasure of interviewing a guest today who's actually from uh, Vancouver, Canada. Uh, originally, he's from Egypt, but he's moved to Canada. And he's an expert in the area of website design, uh, SEO, and internet marketing. Uh, so we're going to be interviewing uh, Amr uh, from Egypt about his travels all the way from uh, Egypt to the Middle East and now to Canada and North America and about his uh, internet marketing business. So Amr, uh, for the sake of the people watching and listening, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? Hi Ricky, how are you? I'm amazing, thank you. Uh, let us, uh, let, why don't you share a little bit more about yourself today? Sure, so my name is Amr and uh, People from different places of the world uh, just call me different things. So, so in Canada, it became Amer, and uh, my Indian friends call me Amir. And, you know, so all the variations of that. My family call me Amor, but of course, if I go to Colombia, I don't want to be called Love. Um, so I'm from Alexandria, which is the north of Egypt. And uh, I grew up there and I studied in a French school. So I spoke French before I could even speak Arabic. And then, um, after university, I started my travels. So what happened was that I got a job in Saudi Arabia. It was my first time to get out of my country. And then from there, I went to Bahrain and then the United Kingdom and then back to Bahrain. Uh, so during those years, I kind of spent maybe um, seven and a half, eight years uh, flying around because I used to work for British Airways. So I used to be like a, a trolley dolly <laughs> or a, a cabin crew. <laughs> And um, I was also a, a, a cultural awareness trainer as well within the company. Uh, so uh, we did lots of fun things during the days of British Airways. But, you know, as you, you grow a little bit older, you get married and you have your first kid. And uh, kudos to you for actually traveling with kids because I, I know that's not a, an easy thing to do. I, I did a lot of travel when I was single. So uh, I still have two continents that I have to go to. I haven't been to South America, it's on the to-do list, and I haven't been down under to Australia. Uh, yeah, I know my Australian friends call me Hamer as well. So yeah, that's a, <laughs> another variation. Uh, so uh, I studied business, and, uh, and then um, after university, I was supposed to go train in a bank, but I didn't like it. I kind of, uh, I can't sit still for long. Uh, unless I'm doing a website, that, that's different. But for anything else, I, I can't hold still for long. Uh, so I, I then, after that, I, I worked in sales and marketing for some time. So I worked in pharmaceutical sales and marketing. Uh, and then I worked a little bit with education material sales and marketing before joining the airline, before joining British Airways. And during my years of flying, I did training and then I did uh, a little bit of IT training, and in the year 2000, I realized that the internet is so fascinating. And you know, I was, I was actually with 1995 when somebody told me that you could send something called email, and the message goes through right away, and there's no paper, unlike the fax. I was thinking, like, are you kidding me? I gotta have one of these things, right? So I went on and bought like an old PC with Windows 95 and and uh, 
a dial-up modem just to get online and to, to explore that magnificent world of internet. Uh, so between 95 and 2000, I loved the internet and I wanted to be part of it, but I wasn't sure what to do. So I went on and I studied something called Certified Internet Webmaster, and I became only the number two person in the whole of the Middle East to be certified trainer. So number two to be certified as a person, and then the number two as a trainer. And then I, I think I kind of taught another maybe 40, 45 people uh, on the course of two years to become certified internet webmasters. This took me to another new level because you, you become some kind of an e-commerce consultant. And as you know, e-commerce is not just about setting an e-shop. It's not, it's not just about the shopping experience, but it's, um, it's mostly about running your business or parts of your business online. So, so that was like a big shift. And that shift continued from 2000 till 2017, and here I am. Here you are. Uh, what an amazing journey. Um, I actually haven't interviewed anyone who's a flight attendant on the show yet, so I'm really curious about your years spent with BA. British Airways, uh, because you know we obviously cover travel on the show. Uh, we're actually having a pilot. We're going to interview a pilot in a couple of weeks, and we interviewed a you know um, uh, what do you call it a flight consultant who works for Expedia. But we have never interviewed our air hostess, so I'm actually uh, air host. Sorry. <laughs> so I I'm love not that beautiful. <laughs> I would love to hear about your experience. Um, you know, tell us about uh, what were some of the highlights. I mean, obviously tra traveling around the world but also some of the struggles. So if you want to walk us through your experience as an air flight attendant. Sure, I mean, let me start by saying like, uh, kudos to everybody who's still flying, who's, who's an air host or an air hostess and pilots as well, but specifically the air hosts uh, or the stewards as, as some uh, companies call them, they have tremendous pressure on them. They have tremendous responsibility, which people don't see. Uh, so uh, the number one reason why would you have people there and not robots? It's safety and security. So it's people dependent and it's not something that you can easily get robots trained to do. You could probably get robots to deliver the food, but um, you know they won't smile in your face either. But you know the thing is people always think that um, the flight attendant was good or was bad or whatever, but they, they don't actually, in some cases, they don't see the flight attendant as a human being who also has, you know, feelings and, and uh, may have been having a bad time or a bad day. And, and um, um, I didn't tell you that my wife was also a flight attendant. And I remember when we were friends and colleagues of the company and we used to see other colleagues going out on a trip and leaving their kids, you know, they would bring their kids to the operational center where we go. And the kids would be crying. And my wife, you know, who then was just a friend or a colleague, she said, you know what? The moment I have kids, I'll stop flying. And, and she did because she couldn't bear the heartache. I mean, she saw this heartache with the other families and, and thought, like, I don't want to do that. So the highlights, of course, was, you know, you get to travel and see the world. Uh, but also, it's not traveling to seeing the world and seeing the world when you're working. Uh, because when you, when you go as a flight attendant somewhere, especially if you work for one of the large airlines who have high frequency flights, uh, you're there just for a few hours. You, you probably just sleep, wake up, get dressed and go. You don't get to see much. So you get to see the hotels of the world, not the world. Uh, 
however having said that what happens then um you get your discounted tickets and you get some free tickets and you get discounts in hotels and places so on your days off you can just jet set and go wherever you want and uh i was in love with paris i think it's part of my uh french studies and french culture <laughs> so uh, every time i land in london i have a couple of days that just take anything and get into paris um so the highlights were, were nice you meet the people i mean for me the the reason number one for doing it was that i love meeting people from different places and different cultures uh, it, it kind of i don't know it it has an effect on me uh, i love learning about their foods, their countries. What do they do? What did they do when they were young? What games they played? All, all these, um, you know, all these things. And, and I think, you know, uh, to me as a person, if we were all the same, it would have been a very boring world. So, so I love diversity. Sounds good. Uh, so now uh, you actually ended up settling down, uh, you know, you're no longer up in the air and you're settled down in Vancouver, BC, Canada. So tell us a little bit about the story there. What made you actually uh, settle, uh, leave the career behind as a flight attendant and now settle in our, our hometown uh, where me and my wife are from? We're actually not there currently, but that's where we're from. So tell us a little bit about why you settled there. Yeah, Canada called me in my dreams. No. <laughs> so between the flight attendant, because I, I stopped being um, a flight attendant and, a, and an airline trainer in 2001, and then I went back to my original career, which is IT, and, and I was teaching uh, e-commerce and IT in general. And also I was uh, kind of, you know, during that time, um, I morphed a little bit into the business world and I started to teach leadership at some point and i started to also teach people motivation and stuff because you know you see lots of places whereby um, you've got great resources great people really nice people let's say in a restaurant or 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 you know in a in a, in a big corporation and um you find out that the managers are not able to keep these people who are performing really well for them for little things like they don't know how to motivate them so so i kind of went on and studied a little bit of of leadership and motivation because i wanted to use it myself with my kids and and also with people on my you know where i used to work and i ended up teaching it and and during that time as i said like a little bit earlier like my love for diversity i was thinking like okay so when i'm old like when i'm i don't know 70 or 80 i, I wish i can live to reach that where do I want to be? You know what I mean? Like when you when you reach those years and you're no longer, you know, jumping around. Where do you want to be? And I'm thinking, OK, so where else in the world uh, would people be celebrating diversity? And Canada is just like sprung out like, you know, where else? <laughs> so uh, so I've decided this is the place where I want to be. This is the place where I want to take my kids and uh, get them to grow here. Uh, so my, my son is like 13, 14 now, and, and my daughter is nine, and they're enjoying it. Still, you know, like the, the last place before moving to Canada was Dubai. And, you know, man, sometimes nothing compares to Dubai. In, in, in Dubai being like, uh, I don't know, the synonym of luxury and whatever. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not saying that anywhere is better than anywhere else, but, um, you know, uh, it's different like in canada what i love about uh, british columbia specifically is the beauty 
is the nature and the beauty and, and you know it's unfortunate we have wildfires now and I, and I hope that you know we can extinguish them and, and people can go back to their homes and but it, it's that nature and beauty uh, it's the sense of uh, relaxation as well because even Vancouver even downtown Vancouver is not as crazy as New York it's not as crazy as Dubai it's not you know it, it's a little bit fast-paced but it's not that over you know uh, like the crazy rat race, as, as we used to call it in, in Dubai. So, so I'm enjoying this, this new shift and I'm enjoying, you know, uh, my new role as a, as a small business owner and an entrepreneur. Awesome. Uh, you know, so I want to know more about uh, your current business. Uh, you do website design, SEO. Uh, walk us through the business itself. Sure. Uh, the funny part is, like, during my years, like 2000 onwards, friends and family nicknamed me the Internet Guy because anytime somebody has a problem, they call Amr. It's like, you know, sometimes the problem is you have no electricity. So what am I going to do with that? Like, you can't get on the Internet when you have no electricity in your home. Uh, but it was things like, you know, fixing little bits and pieces and asking questions about what to do best in, in certain situations. Uh, lately, and this is just like in the last maybe three or four months, my clients call me the wet plumber. And we did it as a joke, but then I went on and registered the domain name that is wet plumber, <laughs> websiteplumber.pro or something like that, uh, just for the fun of it. Uh, but basically because uh, my approach to internet marketing in general and, and, and web design particularly is not focusing on the visuals i mean the visuals are, of course are important you don't want to go to a website that looks bad and not attractive but if it's completely attractive and it's state of the art but doesn't function is equally bad or even worse because the website owner or the business that's got the website gets nothing out of it okay so you get no leads you you get uh, you know you're not using it to grow your brand um, you're not putting there any content that people like and engage with, you know. If you have, if you're engaging, and if your content is great, even if the website design itself is somehow primitive or or normal, okay, people will still come because they want, they come for the content. They don't come to be wowed by technology. They don't come to see moving things or or you know, um, I don't know. Um, fireworks on your website they come for the content so so content as as everybody says not me but everybody else says content is king and and what what you mean by that is that you have to make sure that you've got something relevant engaging that people want to come and see uh, and read about as well okay so 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 that's the the the, the approach um one of the things for example like i started to work with wordpress i think back in 2008 I can't remember which version was that. And I was a total newbie in WordPress. Like, it was so hard for me to try and grasp the back end and, and where to go to get things done. And also, at the time, we didn't have all this multitude of themes and plugins and, and, and how things, how life is much easier now. Okay. Uh, but it took me, it was like a, a steep learning curve. And nowadays, I see lots of business owners trying to do it themselves. And I salute them. Because, uh, you know, I know how hard it is. And also, I know how many hats you have to wear. Uh, not just this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I don't have a hat at all, but uh, maybe I can get the helmet. Okay, this is <laughs> one of the hats I have to wear. <laughs> so, uh, That's good. It looks good. <laughs> as, a, as a small business owner, you kind of do everything. So you're the HR guy, you're the accountant, um, you're the person who markets the business, you're, you're the networker, you're the web designer, you're everything, basically. And you only have 24 hours a day. So what are you going to do? Uh, most of us don't sleep very well, and it's not recommended. You have, you know, it, your family needs you. So always remember one thing. Family is number one, okay? Whatever you do in your life, if you're trying to make a little bit more money, you want to grow a business, you want to grow yourself, your skills, whatever, okay? Ultimately, all this goes somewhere. Where is that going to go? It's going to go to looking after your family, right? Uh, so having said that, you know, I've seen lots of people struggle with little things that I thought I can help them with. So if, if they want to learn how to do it themselves, I'll coach them. I, I don't need to go and build a website for someone who wants to learn how to do it, right? I'll help you learn how to do it. It's not a big deal. And But if you find some bits and pieces difficult to deal with and, uh, you know, you hit a stumbling block, I just want it to be the guy they call, like the, the ghostbusters for the website. Um, so uh, I, I kind of ended up, instead of actually design, as in design, because as you know, WordPress comes with lots of ready-made themes that are really good and, and they do a great job. Uh, I work more on the functionality, on what you as a business owner want to accomplish. Why are you going online at the first place, right? So what's you, how can I take you, because most business owners, like if you think of, uh, the yogis out there, the, the personal trainers, the coaches, the pizza shop owners, the small coffee shops, and so on. They are talented individuals. They, they, they're doing what they're doing because they love it and they're good at it. So they don't need to be a webmaster or a web designer, but they need to take their talent and their uniqueness and their personality to a wider audience. Uh, most of, of the people, what they do, they jump into steps without knowing why they're doing it. So it's kind of uh, get a website, uh, have a Facebook account, go on Twitter, uh, blog twice a week, get someone to do SEO for you. And by the way, uh, done for you SEO doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't waste your money. Uh, learn, you know, little bits and pieces about SEO, but don't go and, and part with your cash. For someone who's going to tell you uh, SEO done for you, because that never really works. And, uh, you know, if you connect with me later, I can explain more and I can point you out to a couple of, uh, of uh, posts that I wrote and some other people as well wrote about how SEO works. Uh, so, so that's like in a nutshell, I kind of try and make sure that uh, the reason number one why a business owner wants to be online is accomplished. So it's more of a something that I learned from working for software companies. Uh, I used to be a customer success manager for a software company. And basically customer success is not only making sure that your customer is happy, but making sure that your customer's customer is happy. So, so making sure your customer is using your solution to make somebody else happy. Otherwise it doesn't work. So it's the same thing. You have a website, you have a blog, you have a Facebook page, uh, you have a course, you have anything, right? If this is not useful to your uh, target audience or to your clients or somebody, if it's not useful to nobody, why are you doing it, right? 
So my role is actually to take this talent of yours and use the internet tools that we have, like WordPress and, and you know, um, the other tools that we have online, like the mailing tools and, and so on, and, and social media. We take these tools and help you get your message across to people who actually need it. So, so that's it. Awesome, uh, thanks for sharing. So um, I'm curious to know, what do you feel makes a good website? Because there's literally thousands of people building websites and literally millions and millions of websites on the internet now. What would you say makes uh, an amazing website, a good website, and a terrible website? Okay, a terrible website, let me start back to front. So a terrible web website is a website that has no purpose. So it's a website that is built just for the sake of being out there. This is not good enough anymore. Okay, uh, having a website for, for mere presence online, it's not going to do anything for you, especially if you're a business, right? If you're an individual playing around and want to create your website, so that's your purpose. Your purpose is to learn and, and put websites out there. That's fine. So it, it has a purpose. But if you're a business, you always need to think of why am I online, right? So a terrible website is one that has no purpose. A good website is a website that looks good. You know, it's it's the average, the normal website that everyone has, and and a website, by the way, can cost anything from a hundred dollars to a hundred thousand dollars. It depends on what people want in it. Hello. <laughs> uh, so uh, a good-looking website, which which doesn't really serve a business purpose, I would call it like a middle or a medium, because it's things are out there. Like you've got some framework. You've got something that looks good. <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> so you've got something that looks good, but it is not actually doing your business, uh, you know, any, any, um, I don't know, like it's not fair to your business because you, you've invested some time in it and maybe you've invested money, uh, but you're getting nothing out of it. So that's an okay website because it can be easily fixed with few tweaks here and there. A good website is a website that has good content, okay? Good by, by good means relevant, relevant to your industry, relevant to the people you are trying to talk to, okay? And it has some components like, A, uh, what people always forget is they forget a call to action. So you're gonna get people visiting your website uh, and coming in, right? Think of your website, Maybe like building a house. So if you're going to build a house, the first thing that usually you should think about is your foundation. What's the foundation of the house? Would it take the design that I want, like the many floors that I have to put on top of it? And then the next thing is the framework. So like the foundation is how things work together. So it's like you're hosting, uh, what else are you going to use with the website? Do you have social media presence? Are you going to link the two together? Uh, are you going to use like a mailing application like MailChimp and the likes of it? Uh, do you, are you going to sell anything? So do you need like a shopping cart uh, or a payment gateway to process payments? So these are your foundation. These are things you think about before embarking on the journey of, of having a website, right? Then comes the framework. Uh, my favorite framework is WordPress. And I would believe that it's the favorite framework for millions of others. Uh, I did lots of websites before with just coding, HTML and CSS and, and, and pure coding. And I used other tools like Dreamweaver and so on. 
and oh, the famous Microsoft front page. Uh, but right now, WordPress is the favorite, and and later on, maybe in in uh, you know, if people connect with me, uh, they'll see why I I always recommend WordPress. But that becomes the framework. So so here's the house. You've got your foundation. You've got your framework. Now, after these two, comes the time when you have to worry about the interior design. So how you want things to look like, where you position things in, you know, if you're building a house and if you're building a website, it's the same thing. And, and I see people doing it the other way around. So they go to uh, like uh, graphic design agencies and ask them to build a website for them. So this is pretty much like getting the interior designer to design for you before you have your foundation and framework. But anyway, whichever way it's done, you need to think of the components that you have. And yeah, and I think I forgot to mention, sorry, I, I think I, um, uh, you know, uh, my ad hoc is not very good because I'm not looking at a piece of paper or anything. Uh, but I forgot to mention that a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that building a business online or having an online business is just with building a website. Okay, the website is just a tool, guys. It's, it's something, you know, uh, if I go back to the analogy of building a house, if you're building your house, you wouldn't just go and buy some hammers and, and saws and, and uh, screwdrivers and get two pieces of wood and just go there, build a house, right? It's not going to work. So these are tools. Social media is a tool. A website is a tool. A blog is a tool. Um, everything is a tool. So first, you need to understand what do you want to get out? For your business as a business as a whole then you choose whichever tool is going to get you there uh, you know in less time or with less cost or whatever it is and and that's why usually it's good to speak to somebody who's been doing this because they can advise you they don't have to do it for you but they can tell you what you need to do you know and then you go outside and, and either learn how to do it do it yourself or, or get somebody else to do it and but at least you need to know to have that solid foundation you're building a business you're not just building a website so you need to also think about your fulfillment when people buy from you how are you going to fulfill you know your customer service uh, your responsiveness you go on social media and you post something people interact with it how long is it going to be before you reply back uh, things like that so these are all things that you do as a business owner that contribute to your own success regardless of the technology even if you forget the technology uh, i i used to have a joke i used to think uh, or tell people when they asked me about uh, customer relationship management software or crm and i used to say that uh, the grocery store down the road from where i used to live in bahrain has the best crm system ever which is just a little book you know a book with a pen or a pencil to take the orders. But these guys were very uh, savvy because when you call, they recognize your voice and they kind of recognize, um, you know, your usual order. Like if you call every couple of days and ask for something, they know what it is by now. And it was like, hello, Mr. Amr, is it the usual order? And I say, yes, please. And then like they'll close the phone and within 10, 15 minutes, the order is there. No technology there, right? It's pure business. It's your behavior as a business owner and how you want to treat your customers.
Hi guys, Ricky. I think I lost the voice. Oh, oh it's coming back. Oh, now it's. Oh, sorry back. about that. Yes. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I just had muted myself. Uh, so what I was asking is, if people wanted to find out more about yourself, about your website, and uh, maybe uh, hire you for some uh, website design, uh, what is the way for people to contact you? Okay, so uh, my 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 business's website is called Human Talents with an S at the end, so it's humantalents.ca, right? And I also encourage you to connect with me on on Facebook and Twitter, just if you want to ask any questions, uh, not just hire me. Uh, so people can connect with me. So my, my Facebook handle is A-M-O-R, Silim, Amor Silim. Okay, and Twitter is I-B-N, Silim, S-E-L-I-M. Uh, but, you know, if, if it's just like uh, you want to have a look at what I do and whatever, uh, just Google me. Uh, Amor Silim, the internet guy. And you'll find Google will give you the answers. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, sharing your wealth of experience, moving from Egypt, working as an air host, and uh, you know, living in the Middle East and now in Canada. Thank you for your insights about website design and uh, what makes a good website. And uh, yeah, I definitely encourage everyone to connect with uh, Amr uh, on his website and social media. And thanks everyone for tuning into this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Thank you, Ricky, and enjoy South America. Hola. <laughs> Hola.